Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Told y'all before it was supposed to the bow. Nothing but the repeat with Wentz back on the throne. All we do is set trends, so you know what we own. Yep, I'm back with the remix. It's fourth and John. All birds, all Philly, midnight green. Things changing for the better since we got that ring. Put the league on notice. We're not done. 2019, we adding another one. Yeah, you heard me right on every Tuesday night. Eight to ten birds of a feather got that flight. Nothing but the hot takes. Back with the big facts for the Fans by the fans, exactly where we at. Pull up to the tailgate, stop by F1. Baptized by the Pope, been bass for everyone. Flying in from the West Coast, even overseas. Get blessed by Ginger Jesus, we disciples of the tree. S don't stress, we on the same conquest. Dominate the division, destroy the NFC, conquer the AFC. Grab that Vince Lombardi, which to AJ. Clim it up the gut, be grand with the strip sack. This sound familiar, huh? Aguilar on the slot, Sproles with the return, Mills with the pick six, okay, wait, it gets worse, J train on the run, J.E. hitting from 60, Fletcher seeing that D-line, that's what you don't want to see, Erks catching tubs, foes on another level, the Super Bowl ain't the only time you see that Philly special, we live from Broad Street, brotherly loves the heartbeat, hungry dogs run faster, and we don't eat cheap, no one likes us, and we don't care, cause we from Philly, and we ain't never scared, look up. But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? What's up, We are live broadcasting from Wildfire Sports Studios for NBC Sports Philadelphia. 
Welcome to 4th and John, episode 73. Hey, tell me how good this feels right now. Yeah. Huh? Tell me how good this feels. You're damn right, Doug. You are damn right. It feels great. And listen, boys and girls, I love Thursday night football. I know a lot of you don't like it out there, but I like Thursday night football. It's a little appetizer. It's a little appetizer to my football weekend, but I absolutely hate when the Eagles are playing that Thursday night game because it takes five days for us to get back here in studio and talk to you about our beloved Eagles. But the benefit is, over the last five days, I've had time to kind of digest this win, kind of kind of feel it over, mull it over, roll it around my tongue. Because the last five days, I've been bouncing back and forth whether or not the Eagles are Back on track. Are they back to their winning ways? Are they back to 2017 form? Or do the Giants just suck that bad? Are they the dumpster fire that they've proven to be in the first couple games of the season? Been bouncing back and forth on it. So I've come to this conclusion, right? We, last week, pointed out three key areas in which the Eagles differentiated themselves this year from last year. But it's one thing just to say, okay, there's the problem. To point to it and say, that's the issue you need to fix. It's another thing to find solutions. And what the Eagles did Thursday night against the New York Giants is find solutions to those problems. What did we talk about last week? Points per game. The Eagles back in 2017 had 28-plus points per game. This year, they didn't score over 23. Against the New York Giants, they put up 34. But how did they do it? It's not enough just to point at the problem and say, that's the reason. What's the solution? They did it with a balanced attack, 36 passing plays, 29 running plays. And not just running plays like RPOs. No, Carson was under center and handing the ball off. They protected the quarterback. Was Carson feeling some heat? Absolutely. But the Giants only got one sack and zero turnovers by the offense. Zero. That brings us to the next thing we brought up last week, the turnover ratio. Last year, the Eagles finished with a plus 11. They were negative four going into the game. What does the defense do on the Giants' first drive? Turn the ball over. Defense intercepts it. They go down, score a touchdown. It almost felt like the game was over right then and there for the New York Giants. Off to a hot start. That's Philadelphia Eagles football. Third thing we recognized was the penalties. Too many, inexcusable, shoot-yourself-in-the-foot penalties. Going into Thursday night's game against the Giants, the Eagles averaged 8.6 penalties per game. 8.6 against the Giants, they had four. That's great coaching. That's great discipline. That's how you win football games. Look, boys and girls, I don't know if the Eagles are back to their winning ways. I don't know if we just stomped on a bad team in the New York Giants, and I don't know if just the Giants were that bad that they capitalized on a vulnerable vulnerable opponent. But what I do know for a fact is that this is the winning formula. And if the Eagles just stick to this script and use the offensive weapons that they have and give Carson Wentz some time and play disciplined, penalty-free football, without turnovers, and they press against 
the receivers, and the defensive line is able to get after the quarterback, I promise you they will win more games than they lose, and we will have playoff football again this season at Lincoln Financial Field. Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagle Sessions on Twitter. You were there with me at MetLife Stadium. My road warrior, as always. How are you doing this evening? Nice get-up, by the way. I like, I like you know, the we Sixers represent here. represent the Sixers right now. They're, uh, hopefully they're winning, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we went up there. We got that dub at the end of the day. That was, It's important to come away with the victory. Um, a hostile environment, sort of. Uh, Giant fans did leave early I'd say beginning of fourth quarter. So anytime that happens, I'm happy. Like I, I actually stayed to the very, very end. I, I you know, I, I just wanted to see and experience the pain of the Giants fans <laughs> leaving. I didn't care if I, I was going to get stuck in traffic. It was okay, but um, I wanted to curb stomp victory. Um, last year, this Giant win, uh, the 61 yard field goal, propelled uh, this team into a groove, and I think this game kind of started to get. I got, got that feeling of they're going to get this groove back. Um, one thing I did like was the coaches setting, you know, the players up to succeed. I talked talked about numerous times in the last couple of weeks about playing press man, yes. uh, putting these guys in a better situation, uh, you know, bracketing. I They're, they're actually bracketing uh, Odell Beckham Jr. So that was great. Um, but you also saw players stepping up. Uh, last season you saw players stepping up. And when you see the, the next man – Step up like a little Avante Maddox, 5'9", yes, 183 pounds. Tackle a guy, you know, you guys know him. Yeah, I don't even have to know. say his name. The only guy on the Giants team that was making plays, that guy's a giant. He, I, that guy was electric. And to see Avante Maddox come in uh, and make a, a, a touchdown-saving tackle, uh, that's, that's kind of – it's inspirational. I think other teammates look at that and like, wow, I mean, this dude is – Balling out right here. Russell D- Douglas comes in and plays a little safety, something we've been wanting to see for a while. Uh, and, and him coming in there really not knowing too much. I know some of the players around him had to coach him up a little bit, but just seeing those kind of guys step up has been amazing. And, and the common uh, denominator, I mean, uh, between Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey, I think they're getting their group back. That's a nice one-two punch. And just seeing Carson Wentz uh, flash again, whether it's extending plays, hitting Nelson Aguilar, or uh, throwing across his body, doing things that quarterbacks aren't supposed to do, and hitting Alshon Jeffrey, that, that's that's amazing. So I think we're finally getting that groove back. Getting that groove back. And wasn't it refreshing to see the players after a turnover or after a big sack posing up, getting ready for that pick? <laughs> Listen, I've missed it. It's one of the things that I haven't said on the air, but I've been looking around. Where's the touchdown celebrations? Where's the defensive celebrations? There hasn't been a whole lot of that because the team hasn't been playing well, but it seems like that swagger is back. And now that the swagger is back, we brought in some swagger into the studio. We got my man Jason Ashworth here. Transition. Yo, you you, you like that? Yeah, fourth and John (laughs) show veteran Jason Ashworth is here. How are you tonight, sir? I'm good. I'm good, man. Yeah, I I think I agree with you. There is a little bit of that swag back. And I'm not going to tell you that the Eagles are back because none of us really know, are they back? Did they play a bad team, as you alluded to? But the bottom line is what they did do was beat a team they, they were supposed to beat. Right, yes. Because if the Giants are as bad as we think that they are, which they are, then the Eagles did exactly what they're supposed to do, and that's, and that's beat a bad team. And when you watch that game, and you alluded to it a little bit, Gail, I, I saw a couple things. 
And I want to touch on what both of you said. First of all, you saw a quarterback who was a little rusty. I mean, he's been playing good football. So let's not say he's been playing bad football at all. Because over his last 18 games, the guy's been lights out. And I think even in his slow start trying to come back from a knee injury, he was still playing good football. All right, you want to see him clean up some of the mistakes. But you finally saw a really clean game out of Carson. Three touchdowns. uh, Played efficient football. Damn near 70% completion percentage. Uh, the biggest thing where you were talking about um, what, that offense was it was in the red zone, and mm. they went for six, right? Mm. They didn't settle for three. When they had an opportunity inside the red zone, they put it in the end zone. And I think when you want to play winning style, winning brand of football, when you get an opportunity to get in the end zone, you get in the end zone. And that's what they did so well last year. For the first time this year, you saw them do that against the Giants. You mentioned Avante Maddox, and I think – you are seeing guys step up. I think when – and Avante Maddox, man, I, look, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm still trying to figure out who the kid is, all right, because it's still early and he's still a rook and we know that. But here you had – so when, when McLeod goes down, who's going to fill in? Right? Okay, uh-oh, what, what do we do with the safety position? A lot of us kind of consider, well, is it Mills that's going to go there? Do we give Douglas a shot there? No, here comes his fourth-round rookie. They throw him in there. The coaches absolutely love him from a mental and physical perspective. And then when Sidney Jones, Jones gets hurt, oh, no big deal. He'll just drop down to the slot nickel, and then he'll put Rasul Douglas back there. So you're right. We're, they're playing some mistake-free football. And, again, it's only one week. It's only one week. But if this is that game, if this is that linchpin that starts to turn the corner, they started playing mistake-free football, you started getting legit MVP caliber play out of your quarterback, you got guys who are starting to step up, you're punching it in the red zone, and you're putting your foot down on a team that you're supposed to beat. So did they turn the corner? Are they the team of 2017? We don't know that. It's still too early. There's still so many dominoes that still have to fall. But the good thing is... They're on their way. The good thing is they beat a bad team, and they did it in convincing fashion. And if you're an Eagles fan, I'm just, if, if you follow the Philadelphia Eagles and that's your squad, you have no choice but to, but to have a smile on your face heading into this game against the Panthers now. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. And that's why we brought him in studio. That's why we brought him in studio right there. But Avante Maddox, you were 100% correct. Like, if you think about what Maddox is doing and what's being asked of him at such an early phase in his yeah. career, comes in training camp, playing nickel corner, second team. Now, all of a sudden, starting safety. This is a rookie, a five foot nine rookie with blazing speed. And he's also running the gunner on the punt team. Like, I can't remember a Which rookie. is impressive. Which is impressive. Which is just as impressive. His, yes. skill, his play on special teams, to me, has been just as impressive as what he's done on defense. I don't remember a rookie coming in and being asked so much of him and, and performing. Yeah. Putting it out there. This is going to be one of those, we look back on that draft class, this is going to be one of those hidden gems. Mm-hmm. Like, man, that we score big on that kid from Pitt, right? Pittsburgh State. Oh, yeah, he's from Pitt. Pitt. He's from Pitt. Evan Bubblegummy. Oh, I'm sorry. Hollywood Hearn. I got to get used to that. I got got a new name now, bro. Yeah, Hollywood Hearn. Put some respect on it. Working the soundboard. First of all, you're making me follow all Ashworth over here. I already got to fill those shoes. But um, I I feel very confident. Going back to uh, last year, it was the Giants who were the ones that got us kick-started for that that run towards the Super Bowl. And once again, this year, I believe it's going to be the Giants that are the kick-starter again. Um, 
Carson is coming into his own each week. He's he's creating better relationships with his, with his uh, wide receivers. They're connecting better. Carson, it, he is so fun to watch. I know we were talking a few weeks ago about Pat Mahomes and how electric he is, but we've got one of those gems on our own team, and it's it's so nice to see him in green every single week. But I, I got to be honest, this while it all it feels all the same. As last year, where the Giants are the ones that are giving us this kickstart, it also feels all the same where I'm starting to see guys drop like flies as far as the injuries are starting. The injury yes, bug is affecting us again. And, you know, how, how many times can you strike gold? You know what I mean? We're, we're losing big names here. And I, and I know going into the season, we weren't expecting Jason Peters to start every game. Trox was. <laughs> <laughs> but... um. He's lo- it's, it's looking like he's not going to be a guy that we're going to be able to rely on for the rest or the entire season, and there's going to be a lot of holes that we're going to need to fill. We looked good this past game, but we still have a lot of holes to fill going forward. And, and it it continues. I mean, we you start the season off and you've got running back issues because you have yeah, Sproles who's right trying away. to work his way back, and then he can't make his way. You torn ACL with Jay Ajayi. You yep. lose your wide receiver and Mike Wallace on the defensive side of the ball. You lose Rodney McLeod. Your defensive tackle, which we thought was going to be a, that line was going to be the position of depth. Now they just release and wave Destiny Vio yep. a draft pick who, that's a weird move in and of itself. So yeah. there's got to be something going on because I don't remember seeing him on the injury report. But okay, now that defensive line is starting to take some hits and you just yeah. start to wonder Okay, how many times can you go to the well? How many times can you expect young guys or inexperienced guys to step up? Mm-hmm. It worked in 2017, and they struck gold in 2017. To ask that of a group again, that's a tall order. That, that, now, the caveat, the caveat is what you could say about a team like the Green Bay Packers. Well, they have Aaron Rodgers. All right, so no matter right. what, they're going to be in the hunt because they right. have Aaron Rodgers. A franchise quarterback. Seattle can lose hunt. all the guys that they want. Well, they got Russell Wilson, so as long as they have Russell Wilson, they've got a shot. Well, guess what, Philadelphia? You have Carson Wentz. And as long as Carson Wentz is back from his knee injury and can play at that high MVP level, you've got a shot. But when you get to that postseason game, when you get to those big matchups, when you get to those games where it's the best in the best, those are your differentiators, and those that's where it's going to matter the most. Mm-hmm. Can these young guys, can these inexperienced guys continue to step up? Look, right now we don't have to worry about that as much because – the schedule, to me anyway, isn't as daunting as it once was, especially when you start looking like this this Carolina game coming up. Well, okay, they're not as well-oiled of a machine as I thought they might have been. Uh, and then you got the Jags, who just got blown out by the Cowboys. Okay, yeah. I get it. They play well in London, but they're not as well-oiled of a machine as maybe they looked last year. So, again, as we always say with every year, the schedule rarely pans out the way it does. Mm-hmm. The Eagles have a stretch here where if they can put a couple wins together and really start mm-hmm. building that momentum, the mm-hmm. NFC is still wide open. I get it. The Rams, look, the Rams are the best team in the NFL, and they look like the, they, they just are right now. And it, yeah. it's hard. to it's, it, You'd be hard-pressed to argue that. But the rest of the NFC, to me, is wide open. That two-seed is still wide open for anybody. It would be crucial for the Eagles to lock that up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you're, you're talking playoffs. I got the list in front of me. Rams. Number one, oh, you already seed. got the playoff seeds lined yeah, up. Yeah, man. I'm oh, Gail's prepared. You okay. know, the oh, Saints, bad, number bad. one, the, the second seed, Vikings. Uh, no, I mean the Packers. Hold up, I'm. I'm you, all see, is it so new? I'm You're still learning how to read it. I get it. I take we your got time. The Packers, or donkey. <laughs> <laughs> the Panthers, the Redskins, and the Bears in the uh, uh, wild card right now, and then we have the Vikings as the seventh seed, Seahawks, the eighth seed, Cowboys, the ninth seed, Eagles. The tenth seed right now, and I'll and I'll honestly, t- not that we want to get into, I'll, none of those teams scare me. The Rams scare me. I get it because the Rams are the most complete team. The Saints. If you want to talk about a gauntlet of a schedule, check out the Saints' schedule. 
and who they play home versus who they play on the road. They've got a gauntlet of a schedule. So I, I think the Saints are going to see trip up a little bit, and everybody else. Packers have their deficiencies. Panthers look like they're struggling a little bit. Redskins are a bunch of bums. Bears are still young. Bears, I think, are going to be good in years to come, but they're not ready to, to capitalize on any of that. So, I, again, I, I think the NFC is wide open. But you're right. Right now, as of today, Eagles are on the outside looking in. And the Eagles, like, you were absolutely right. The Giants were the turnaround point for the season last year. It could very well be for this year. But, but, but I need more. I, I, I need to see it. I need to prove it. And all of a sudden, a Carolina Panthers team and a Jacksonville Jaguars team that we looked at a couple weeks ago, and we said, man, these are, these are going to be real tough games, all of a sudden look very beatable. Now you have the opportunity to jump on a little bit of a hot streak before you hit the bye, and I can't stress this enough. We talked about it on last week's podcast. Out of the last eight games, five of those are divisional games. You just got to win your division. That's all you got to do, and that's a doable thing. I mean, first of all, you got the Carolina Panthers next week who struggled against the same New York Giants who we just blew out in their own home stadium and then coughed up a game. Really, they lost that game for themselves with the turnovers. The Redskins didn't do anything fancy. The Redskins didn't do anything special. There's nothing glitzy or glamorous about what the Redskins are doing, but they beat them. And now all of a sudden you see Cam Newton frustrated. You see a, you see a, uh, a Carolina Panthers team that's struggling. And then you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, London or no London, you still got Blake Bortles back there throwing the football like he's Conor McGregor. He can't figure out a, a darn thing. And you got Jalen Ramsey all of a sudden, awful quiet, yeah. awful quiet. <laughs> and not for nothing, Cowboys fans, I know you want to chirp after beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. We need you to win a game like that. That's good for the rest of the NFC East. That's great for all of us because what that does is keep the red-headed hand clapper. That keeps mm. him with a job. Get him an extension. Oh, They're talking get, extension yeah. already. Oh, we, we need Jason. <laughs> the best thing that could happen is for Jason Garrett and the Dallas Cowboys to start feeling themselves, start doing the Conor McGregor walk all up on the sidelines. Then all of a sudden, Big Jarrett thinks it's all status quo, everything's gravy, and keeps that bum-crumb group of guys all together. And ultimately, it will be their undoing. So congratulations, Dallas. Don't get a little too hyped. Hey, Dallas! Because we want you to win games like that. Because at the end, you're still, you're still going to lose games like well, that. Well, you know what the trick is, too? Um, so the Eagles blew out the Giants. We know that. And, yeah. and here, here comes Carolina, who you, you just said it, has struggled the last two games. Gave one away last week, and then two weeks ago just barely beat the Giants. Now, if you remember last year... The Eagles went on, was it Thursday night football? I think the Eagles went on Thursday night football down to Carolina, and they had themselves a slugfest. And that was, that for me anyway, that was the game where I said, okay, hold on, the, the Eagles are for real. Like, this, is, this was a game where they went on the road Thursday night, prime time against a good team, and they, and they gave it to them, and they battled it out, and they came home with the W. So, first of all, don't think Carolina forgets that. And don't think Carolina's ready to roll over on the season either. I, I get it. I, I'm the one who just got done saying that, that you know they're not as well-oiled, but they still have a lot of talent on that team. So the, what the Eagles need to do is coming off that Giants win is, is, is understand, okay, that's one win, okay, and that's one springboard, that's one motivational um, win towards hopefully a set or a run of win. They need to keep themselves in check, right? They need to come out with a little bit of passion, a little bit of fire, and understand that that was just one game, that was last week. So if they come out and they're slow and they're feeling themselves and they're smelling themselves a little bit and they get, I don't want to say, they don't even need to get the doors blown off. But if they, if they let Carolina come in and steal that thunder, that momentum, then that Giants game was all for naught. 
and we're back at square one having the same conversation again. Well, Doug Peterson kind of echoed that in his little post-game locker room speech. Evan, why don't you go ahead and play that? Hey, tell me how good this feels right now. Tell me how good this feels. Hey. It's all your all your hard work, man. You just don't you just don't quit. That's what I love about you guys. You don't quit. The resiliency of this football team, right? You don't waver. You don't panic, and you go out there and you dominate. It's a dominating performance against a good football team. Okay, you want to know in the division. And by the way, you want to know this week, and that's our goal every single week. Okay? Great job, man. Great all around, all three phases: defense, creating turnovers. That's what we talked about early in the week. Getting the ball, offense, scoring in the red zone. Special teams, doing your job. Guys are stepping up. Guys are making big impacts in these games, right? This right here is the spark we needed, man. It's the spark we needed to get us going in the right direction. All right, man. Hey, great job. Give yourself a hand, man. And, and lost in, in, in all of this, kind of, is the fact that the Eagles are now one win against the Giants away from evening the all-time record. Right now, the Giants lead the all-time series at 85, 84, and 2. And out of the last 25 meetings, dating back to 2007. I know what you're going to say. I think because I was going to say it. Go ahead. Say the it. Eagles have won 18. Oh, that's not what I was going to say. What were you going to say? I forget I forget the exact stat, but it's dating back to the last, like, 22 games or something. Eli Manning has four wins. So does Donovan McNabb. Oh. <laughs> so it's 18-4. and four. We've been right? against the Giants, right? At, 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 oh. Yeah, at the yeah. last 25 meetings, the Eagles have won 18. It was so good. And, Gail, you can speak on it from being up there in MetLife. It was so good to be up there because it sucks. We did the walk of shame in Tampa, man. <laughs> that absolutely sucks. But when we went into MetLife Stadium, even around the parking lots when I got there early, Giants fans wouldn't even look me in the eye. Look at this dude. I had one Giants fan try to say something to talk. Like, I was walking by him, and he's like, hey, man, you're in the wrong stadium. And I just kind of looked at him like, what, dude? And he, he just out loud said, that, you know what, forget I said anything. Because he was, like, trying to talk smack, but he couldn't. Giants fans wouldn't even look at us in our eye. They were leaving the stadium by the third quarter because they know. They, they see it on the field. The vibe was dead. Oh, the, super dead. Super dead. It was, like, it was like a wake, and the Eagle fans were walking around like, you want y'all want to see a dead body? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was just like that. Even out on the, um, in the parking lot, you know, the Giants fans were just, like, you know, super depressed. Eagle fans were giving it to them. I mean, they... <laughs> Eagle fans are super hyped. I mean, they know. They know. The Giants are only going to go as far as as Eli will take them. And unfortunately, we can... We've we've made a a, hit, a living off of bashing Eli, right? And he's got two rightfully Super Bowls, so. rightfully so, right? And he's got two Super Bowls. And credit to him. Look, he played big in big moments, and I'll get I'll always love him or hate him, and I dislike him as a quarterback. But he's got his two rings, and no one can ever take that from him. But his days as an elite option in the NFL are long gone. And Giants fans know. Look, who um, who was their uh, the slick back head coach they had last week, offensive or last year, offensive coordinator? McAdoo. Yeah, McAdoo, McAdoo. that McAdoo. dude. McAdoo't. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> well, look, maybe he was on to something when he sat Eli. Maybe he was the one in the room that knew Eli had no more because he was the one that took all the heat when he stopped that streak and said, Eli, you need to sit down. We're going to bring what? I think he brought Davis Webb or somebody in. Yeah. Geno Smith. He caught, yeah. Yes. Was it Geno Smith, right? Yeah. He's the one that caught all the heat for it. But 
looking back on it, maybe he was the one with the clue. Maybe he was the one that knew, look, guys, Eli's done. I'm sorry. And you're seeing it this year because offensively they're loaded with weapons. Now, I get it. The offensive line's still piss poor. That's understood. But they're loaded with weapons. And at one point last year we were talking about the, the Giants having a legit defense. But if you if your quarterback, nah. is, it's just nah. if you can't make plays, if you can't nope. rely on your quarterback to go out and make plays, which the Giants right now cannot, the, the fans know it. Yeah, I mean, how could you not be? Hey, tell me how good this feels right now. I mean, yeah. 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 Tell me how good this feels. He can't extend plays. He's he's a sitting duck in the pocket with a rush like ours. He's in trouble. And, and if you don't protect him, like it's almost like the the Giants uh, front office. Didn't realize that you know Eli Manning is Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. You you gotta you gotta play to his strengths, and they're not doing that as, as well. I mean, you got OBJ. You have Ugh. the best run, running backs in the league, and I'm I'm so I, I hate I hate that they have the running back they have, but I love that they have that running back and picked him in the second the, the second, second pick overall because having a quarterback is the most important thing for you to do in in the NFL. So like. As long as they they don't have a quarterback, I'm okay with that. I still think it was the right pick. It was. I mean, I, I still think I'm going to say I still think Saquon Barkley too overall it is the right with, pick. With, with the quarterbacks on the board that were there. Look, he's the right pick. Yeah, he's he's amazing, but it's going to take another long road to rebuild this. Why long road though? Because they, they they're going to have to get their they're going to have to get their what, are they one and five? What are they one and five? Go go ahead and take a quarterback in the first round next well, year. Well, hopefully the guy's there, the guy from Oregon. So I mean, they're they're resting on other things like they, but they need offensive linemen too. That's the other thing. Agreed. But I'll I'll agree with both of you. I mean, Eli Manning looks absolutely cooked. I mean, I mean during that game he looked like a like a like a <laughs> like a thirteen year old in sex ed class for the very first time. He looked scared. Yes. He looked confused. Yes. He looked like he didn't know what he was looking at. He looked nervous. I mean, this Giants fans were pumping their chest all in the offseason saying, hey, we fixed the offensive line. OBJ's back. Oh, you're in trouble. OBJ's back. We got Saquon Barkley. You And that defense, you guys are in trouble. Turns out you wanted OBJ. You got him. He's arguing with a with a fan on the side thing. Legit but, fan. A, a, legit, a, a fan. legit fan. <laughs> not, not like up in Boston, beer thrown in your face fan. A legit fan. And I don't know about you. Every time I see OBJ like arguing with an inanimate object, all I hear is the squeak. Like you ever see like a five or six or seven year old kid like absolutely lose their mind, enraged. But it's like, like that's that's what I picture OBJ doing, punching punching the fan. It is like I am finding so much joy. Out of New York's misery, it's un- it, it, it's unbelievable. And being up there to see it in person, absolutely fantastic. The key is going to be keeping it going. Get and on. now he's getting called out by his own owner. Uh, in the, it, really? John, John Mara, he says, really? I think he needs to do a little bit more playing and a little less talking. Appreciate y'all putting words in my mouth. So it's mm. funny that you, you give a guy mm. all that guaranteed money, uh, you know, not to quote uh, uh, Dave Chappelle, but uh, they gave that ninja so, too much money, so you, you can't say nothing now. Like, you gave him all that money. <laughs> what are you going to do? Like, now he has a voice, and now he can say anything he wants because he already got paid. And it's funny, he was just doing an interview with uh, Josina Anderson, and he's he's giving that interview, and he's he's got uh, Lil uh, Wayne right next to him. It's the, the most weirdest interviews. I'm like, what is going on here? Young he, he's got the uh, the wet the wet blonde Jerry curl and he's got the cross earring. It's like a 
it's like a, a bad like a uh, B Michael Jackson uh, thriller video. It's just a weird scene, and I'm just like I'm so happy that we're seeing this. It's absolute meltdown by the New York Giants. <laughs> But you know what? If the Eagles can use it to spark their season once again, hey, thank you, New York Giants. We appreciate the hospitality and the dub deuces. We look forward to evening the series with you when you come back to Lincoln Financial Field later on in the season. But again, we need to see it again. We need a prove-it game against the Carolina Panthers, who, by the way, the Eagles, on a short week last year on Thursday Night Football, won that game. Now they get this mini-buy going into this game with the Panthers, and you can see a lot of what the Eagles did last week, what the Eagles did against the Panthers last year, and look at the home field advantage that the Eagles have at the link, and all of a sudden start to think, okay, this is the next building block on the way to the postseason. Because what did the Eagles do against Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers in 2017 when they beat them 28-23? Cam was 28 out of 52. Think about that. We're not talking about Carson Wentz. We're not talking about Aaron Rodgers. We're not talking about Tom Brady. We're not talking about Drew Brees. 52 passes out of Cam Newton. You want to talk about asking your quarterback to do way too much to win a game? Have Cam Newton throwing 52 passes. But why did that happen? The Eagles completely shut down the run. Right now, the Eagles are on on rush defense, second in the NFL. Last year, the lead running back was Christian McCaffrey with all of eight yards. So that's what they did. This is going to be like last game with the Eagles playing up against the receivers and the defensive line getting after uh, Eli Manning, that was really like a statement game by Jim Schwartz. This is going to be more so because they have to replicate exactly what they did last year, stay disciplined in their lanes, because Cam Newton last year, 71 yards running on the ground. They've got to keep Cam Newton in the pocket, shut down the run, make him one-dimensional, because if you make Cam one-dimensional, if you're in Cam's face, if you are hitting them, and it's well-documented that that Panthers offense has struggled getting the ball down the field in big chunk plays, you will win that game once again. This is going to be a defensive statement game for Jim Schwartz. Do you agree? I I do. Um, Obviously, the Eagles play better at home uh, than they do on the road. Obviously, it's a it's a much different test uh, than it was last week against Eli. I agree. Rule number one, stop the running game. If you want to beat the Carolina Panthers, yes, stop sir. the running game. Uh, but how you stop that is going to be a little different instead of – so you're not, you're not throwing pressure on the outside. You're going to blitz the A-gaps, right? You're coming yep, right yep, up yep, the yep, middle, yep. Uh, and then you're, you're going to contain Cam. Uh, but if you can stop the run, keep him in the pocket like you said, and I think the most important thing that you said is, is beat him up. Hit him. Yeah. Bless you. Uh, Cam, Cam tends to, uh, to quit once. Uh, and, I don't, and I don't say this meaning Cam's a quitter. I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to. No, but he gets Cam face. He gets, right? And, and he gets frustrated. Yes. And it's evident that he's frustrated. So if you can get in his face and beat him up a little bit, and I know they don't like when, when guys touch the quarterback, uh, but if you can beat Cam up a little bit and frustrate him in the, in the early parts of the game, that'll start to show dividends in the later parts uh, of the game, this is this is not the Giants. You're not going to attack him. You're not. I don't think Jim Schwartz is going to throw out a ton of blitzes at him. They're going to try to get home with four because that's kind of what you have to do. Maybe have it like last year. Nigel Bradham had a game, right? Yes. Last year that was a coming out party for Nigel yes. Bradham. 
So who, is that going to be Nigel again? Because somebody has to, somebody on the defensive side of the ball, and I would, I would have to think it's going to be Nigel again. Is always going to have to have his eyes on Cam, and it's going to have to, it's going to have to light a fire on the defensive side of the ball. It's a different test than it was against the Giants, but it's certainly not a matchup that I don't like uh, that to the favor of the Eagles. I think the Eagles match up well. Well, I, I, the the Panthers have had a problem running the game the last two games. Uh, the first three games, they averaged 160 yards per game on the ground. Uh, the last two in which they lost, uh, they've managed 99.5 over the past two. Uh, you know, but with this Eagles defense, you know, once they make once they make you uh, one dimensional, it's a wrap because you know how we do against the run. You know, then then, mm. then we get Cam trying to get out pocket out of the pocket, trying to extend plays, take those hits. Uh, but then the other stat is the, the fifth worst quarterback on third down. Their passer rating is Cam Newton with fifty nine point four. Now, if you look at Carson Wentz compared to Carson Wentz, one oh nine point three. So you know, if we get Cam on third downs, that's where we want him. I mean, it ultimately, isn't that what defines a good football team? On third down as a defensive unit, what do you do? You get off the field. Yeah. Right? And if you're a good football team offensively, you move the chains on third down. And Carson Wentz, through his career, has shown that third, yeah, third down, that's where, that's where the guys make their money. Right? That's where you pay the big bucks for guys to pick up first downs. And that's what Carson Wentz does. Cam routinely has struggled with it. Now, the interesting thing here, because we're, you know, we're throwing numbers out and, and stats, and, and we've criticized often the Eagles for it's not the same defense as it was last year. And I know numbers have come out to say, well, it's a sure. little closer yeah. than what you think it is, because it is. But I saw an interesting one today, and it was in 2017. That Eagles defense gave up on average 365 yards a game, and that was good for, I believe it was fifth best – or. It was either fifth or sixth best in the NFL, something like that at the time, right? This year they're giving up 366 yards, so one yard more a game. Good for 18th. 18th. So to me that just goes to show how, how dynamic the offenses are now mm. and how protected the offenses are yeah. now mm. because it's, it's virtually the same, <laughs> the same yards per game given up. But every offense is just out there churning and chucking, and you can't touch a quarterback. And it's just such an offensive-driven league. In just one year, you're seeing such a stark difference. And for us as fans, we're looking at it saying, oh, it's not the same defense. But maybe it is. I think it's the penalties, man. I mean, all these extended plays. Yeah. And I, I was looking at that uh, the Patriots-Chiefs game. Mm -hmm. I, had a, I had a moment. I store, like stared at the TV, and I was like, it's 40-40 to 40 right now. Right. When was the last time you seen a 40-40 to 40 game? Mm -mm. You know, extended. There, there but is, you loved it. But you loved it. Uh, you did. You did. I like defense. No, I do too. We all love defense. We know. We all love defense. All the old heads. In I the like room. the. No, I, I like. I, I like offense, but I like the integrity. All right, let me ask you a question. Game. Just honest question. A little bit more. Because I, I, I'm not trying to disagree with you. I hate all the penalties, and I want to let them play. And I like defense and all that. But would you rather see, uh, forty to forty, um, ultimately forty three forty Chiefs Patriots game, or a six to three Steelers Bengals game? That that it, it, I go forty forty, it, right? We we like offense. We love the defense. We know it. I like a switch up, but you'd here much rather see a shootout because it's more exciting. It's sexier, and ultimately, sex sells. But we know it, that. But it, but it's kind of like asking a, a, a baseball fan, right? Especially a baseball purist. Uh -huh. What would you rather see? Like home runs, like a like a twelve to eight game, or would you rather see that pitching duel? 
Nobody wants and the pitching duel anymore. Though. Bring steroids. I, I because look at look at the numbers. <laughs> no, look at the numbers in baseball. So baseball's going the exact opposite, right? Yeah. Football's saying offense, offense, offense. Baseball's saying no analytics, defense, pitching changes, slow the game down, yeah. and the numbers yeah, are dropping drastically. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm just I'm just I'm just saying from like it go it goes fan to fan. Oh, I'm sure. You know, I'm you sure. Know, you know what I mean? And I know. But this fan right here, give me the offense. I get offense. it. Give me the offense. But we all appreciate defense in here. Of course. Yeah. And, and, and I really th- feel like this Carolina Panthers team reeling right now, coming off back-to-back games against NFC East opponents and struggling in doing so, right? Kind of kind of reeling is walking into a buzzsaw where everything they struggle against is a strength of the Philadelphia Eagles. Whether it be the Carolina Panthers like to run the ball. They can't get the ball downfield. 27th in pass plays over 20 yards. 30th in pass plays over 40 yards. We've been getting burned by the defensive. Like, the defensive backs have been getting torched, not against the Giants, but they've been getting burned. This is a team that can't push the ball down the field. Then you talk about offensively. If you look at uh, the leading receivers for the Washington Redskins last week against the Carolina Panthers, two tight ends. It was two tight ends. Guess what? We got two tight ends who are better, who are better. Saquon Barkley had 40-something yards on the ground and then like 80-something yards and a touchdown through the air. Um, Last week against the Washington Redskins, Adrian Peterson, who, by the way, credit to him, kind of a resurgence in his career, 97 yards. If the Eagles' defense can get off the field on third down, can pressure and therefore frustrate Cam Newton, and they can't get any of those big chunk plays. They get them off the field. And then the, e- and then the Eagles can just make those creative yet meticulous drives down the field using both tight ends, using the running backs, getting that churning, running up the time of possession. The Eagles are first in t- time of possession. I mean, the, the, if they're walking into a buzzsaw where everything they suck – is an eagle strength. You're predicting a big game out of Joshua Perkins, I see. <laughs> I, well, you know what? The, the Eagles used a lot of three tight end sense against the Giants, yeah. and they did it creatively. If you look at a lot of those touchdowns against the Giants, like like remember the one to Zach Ertz, where it was like mm-hmm. a wishbone formation. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, players were running all over the place, isolating Zach Ertz on a on a cornerback. That's create creativity. Alshon Jeffrey one yard line. Like does that. In motion catch, you can block yeah. a guy because it's one yard from the line of scrimmage. In front of the, there was a lot of creativity there. there. There is a lot of creativity, and that's you know that's obviously what Doug is known for. Um, but I, I'll tell you what, some of the most uh, impressive plays to me, anyway, aren't the ones that are creative. It's and the linchpin in the whole thing has been the way Alshon Jeffrey's been playing. Yeah, just crucial. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like his first game back against the Titans, I think he had 105 and a touchdown. Only had 39 yards against the Vikings, a little blip, but then comes right back for 74 and two touchdowns against the Giants. And they're big catches. Mm-hmm. They're go-get-it-big-fella catches mm-hmm. where for Carson and, and Jeffrey to have that chemistry where it's that trust that I'm, I'm going to put it in your radius and you're going to come down with it. And against the Vikings, he had some, some pretty big drops. We know, yeah. right? It was the Titans he had a, he had a drop too. Uh, but for him to, to start being a reliable target, a – because he's not a down the field, stretch the field. He's not, but he can be a possession receiver. He can still get downfield now. Let's not act like he can't. But what that does for me, anyway, it just starts to open up everything else. It moves the chains and it allows guys like Nelson Aguilar to only have three grabs but ninety-one yards. He's another guy that I think needs to stand up and 
and and make it known that okay you're you're stopping Alshon I see that you're targeting Alshon I see that but now you got to worry about me so it's up to Alshon or I'm sorry it's up to to Nelson now step up and be that next player to worry about Mike you got something from Twitter yeah something from Twitter uh, fly Eagles fly five one zero he also said we need to play Goddard he is just still the secret weapon that's been the missing link yeah yeah since the Colts game really well, there's, some, there's something about Goddard that a lot of people don't are if you're looking at the nuts and bolts and looking at what he's doing on the inside. He's doing a phenomenal job as a blocker. Incredible. Like, a rookie, uh, you know, from South Dakota State is now in the NFL as a rookie doing a phenomenal job as a blocker. Uh, they just haven't unleashed him yet. I mean, if you look at, you know, you, uh, Jason was just talking about how good Alshon is in the, in the red zone. I mean, that guy's had 13 touchdowns in his last 15 games. He's had 10 touchdowns down by the red zone. I mean, so – that's that's your threat right there. I mean, they're going to get it together, uh, but I think Dallas Goddard has just got to, you know, they're just there's a lot of mouths to feed right now. There are Alshon's your safety net, and he's proven that he can be relied upon for that. With Nelson Dallas. as well, though, too. Well, well he's, he's he, like, but he hasn't – I think a lot of us expected after last year just that, that upward trend to continue. And he's kind of flattened off, and he's had a game where we saw, oop, does he have the yips back a little bit? We didn't know. Now, he had a good bounce-back game last week, and you want to see that out of him. Mm-hmm. But for me, anyway, I still have – when you see Nelson Aguilar, at least when, what my eyes tell me, is this dude's just quicker than everybody else. He's, he's just shifty. got that quick – That he's a quick-twitch guy yeah. Yeah. that if you give him a little bit Open of space, space. Yep. he will find a way to get a couple extra yards out of it. And if you don't, if you don't a- attack him – balanced he's gonna get by you and gone right it's just that simple but you but it doesn't translate always I don't under the the challenge for me is I need to see it and I know we talked before the show I don't always care about stats right I understand stats stats are important we understand that but there's context behind every stat use your eyes a little bit so but what my eyes are telling me is I need to see a little bit more out of Nelson because I know he has it Right? I need to see him step up in big moments. I need to see big plays in big moments. We saw flashes of it last week against the Giants. I need him to keep building on that. With Goddard, I think with him, I am <laughs> through, the, through the roof with this kid in terms of we went into this season saying, okay, there's no more Brent Selleck. We don't have a blocking tight end. We have nothing but receiving yeah. tight ends. And Rodgers is on the IR, so we don't even have any blocking tight ends. This Goddard kid, I, I had no idea. I mean, because you watch all – if you watch any of the tape or who you thought he was, and, and he's exactly who yeah. I wanted, but as a receiving tight end, I had no idea the kid could block as well as yeah. he could. Maybe he's just got some good matchups early. I don't know because he certainly wasn't tagged as a blocker coming out of college. But, look, the only way to make plays in the NFL is to get your butt on the field. Yeah. And if you want to get your butt on the field as a tight end, as a second option tight end, you better be able to block, and that's something Dallas Goddard has proven he can do. All right, so the Eagles – Right, because I, I want to go around. I want to get some predictions, because that's something we haven't really been doing on this show. Is, is is throwing it out there, putting our predictions out there for the people, and then revisiting the next week. Right now, the Eagles are minus four and a half favorites. All right, uh, I'm on Odds Shark right now, and their kind of algorithm, their what? setup. The favorite what? How many? Uh, four and uh, a half. Four and a half, half point favorites. Okay. Four and a half point favorites. Uh, right now, they are in a simulation. The Carolina Panthers, 17.3. The Eagles, 30.5. So they're thinking this is going to be like a, like, a, like a bigger game here. Like the Eagles are going to put up a, a lot of points. What are your predictions going down the line for the Eagles-Panthers game? Lincoln Financial Field, 1 o'clock. Mm. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I'm going to go uh, 28 to 17. Really? Comfortable yeah. game. Yeah. 
comfortable game. I like it. I, think I like it. The groove is real, man. I I, I feel like uh, they've been they, they've been uh, stepping it up on third down. I think it, they're just gonna keep on uh, moving the chains. You so, you remember uh, earlier in the season when we were, we were we didn't know the identity of this team. We still don't, but we just are longing to get back to rolling teams like we were last season. I think Carson Wentz each and every week is improving. Oh yeah, leaps and bounds. So I, I really like the the matchups that we have going into this game. I think that, like we were saying earlier, a lot of our strengths are Carolina's weaknesses, and I think that this could be a solid thirty thirteen game. Oh wow! wow. Hey, look, 30, I'll tell you 30, right 30, now, 13. if they if they go, what was it, thirty four fourteen against the Giants? Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Something like that, and they come back out and go with a thirty to thirteen. Thirty four thirteen. Yeah. Then then I'll sit here and tell you, okay, hold on. <laughs> these, these these fellas might be back. I don't think. Hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Y'all thought I was finished. <laughs> I don't think that it's going to be a blowout, and that's probably because I'm not trying to put the cart before the horse. And I think Carolina is a good football team. They just have some some things they're trying to work out. I I still think at home, again, if the Eagles are who we want them to be, they they you win this game. So I'm more in the in the boat of like a 28-22. Okay. Um, something at a twenty six twenty, like like in that range, mid twenties. Uh, but they, I think they cover. Mm. Um, still, though, throughout the course of the game, you'll see enough to say, okay, that's a good win. They're not going to squeak it out, but I think the score at the end of the day is a little closer mm-hmm. uh, than what we think it is. But all in all, I'm, I mean, I'm expecting if they, if they are going to be defending Super Bowl champions with a legit shot to get to the playoffs and repeat. You win these games. I need the Eagles to prove it to me. And I do think the Carolina Panthers are a good team. And I do think that the weaknesses of the Carolina Panthers, the Eagles can absolutely exploit because they're strengths of the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't see this being like a 30-17 to game. I think it's going to be a little closer to that. I'm going to go 24-20. Okay. 24-20, but they win a tough one, and that's what I need to see. I like It's one thing to roll teams, right? I need you to go back to winning those tough games. When the Eagles have won, it hasn't been pretty. When the Eagles have lost, it's been downright ugly, whether it's giving one away in Tennessee or getting your butts handed to you by the Minnesota Vikings or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I want to see you go toe-to-toe, blow-for-blow blow, like, whoa. All right? <laughs> A black right. rob, a black rob reference. You didn't see that one coming. You didn't see that one coming. Yeah, but I need you to fight it out with somebody. Yeah. I need you to duke it out, get dirty, punch a dude in his mouth, get punched, and come out victorious over that. Mike, you got something on Twitter over there? Yeah, I got something on Twitter from Andrew Filipponi on Twitter. He he's on Steelers Radio pretty much. He says he doesn't think Bell plays another game for the Steelers now after this week. What's the exact tweet say? He says, I don't think Bell plays another game for the Steelers, and he expects a move to come in sometime this week. Really? Yeah, info yeah. on that? If you check out his whole timeline, he mentions he's a couple tweets saying that he doesn't believe that Bell will be back after this week with the Steelers. Who's this guy again? He, he's ba- It's basically the sports talk radio. Okay. Yeah, he, for, it, for like the show Le'Veon that, Bell. The, the yeah, show that, that he does. Oh, Le'Veon Bell. Oh, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> the show that he does is like the uh, their equivalent of like Marks and Reese. Okay. They do the PM drive time show on the Steelers radio network. Gotcha. Dang, that's kind of dope. <laughs>
Okay. Yeah, um, so what, we're going to get into that whole conversation of you want Bell or not? You well, to, well, you, you know, make you know, Bell to the we, birds, we, man. Come on now, Bell we, to the birds. We got 10 minutes until we get to around the league, but let, let, let's it's speak on a, a little bit. Because Howie, Howie has been unusually – has anybody seen Howie? Has anybody heard from Howie? Is Howie on vacation? Is doing he his homework. The, is he in the Dominican Republic right now smoking cigars, ordering Mai Tais, and slapping cocktail waitress, waitresses on the butt? With Le'Veon. Like, well, like <laughs> where has Howie been? He's been suspicious. Quiet in the back cave, man. He's been lurking. How he's been lurking. I thought for sure, and I and I was um, confident that we were going to hear something today. Because if it's anything like the Eagles opening night for the Sixers, all the attention in, in Philadelphia <laughs> is all hype about opening Steal night. The thunder. Here comes Howie sliding in at the eleventh hour, saying, "Oh, by the way, right." I thought we were going to hear. <laughs> I thought we were going to hear something. Personally, just if you want to get into the should they, shouldn't they. And we can open this up to whether it's Le'Veon or Amari Cooper or, or whoever you're looking at adding because there's a, there are a couple positions that they, that they could add. I don't, I don't know that I'm willing to, to throw the draft stock, the, the, the assets that some of these teams are asking for. I get it. You're in a balance of win now because make no doubt about it. They are in win now mode and they need to be in win, in win now mode. But what Howie needs to continue to do that he's been so good at is win now while extending that window because that that's the only way you're going to be competitive for years is okay I get it you got a quarterback on a rookie contract if you can pay anybody now's the time to do it but you're going to have to surround that quarterback for years so you're not the Aaron Rodgers Packers where you're paying all this money to a quarterback and you can't surround him with talent so ultimately you only have one ring to talk to right so I don't know that if the Steelers truly want a second-round pick, and I don't think that I can sign Bell. Now, Howie can do what he wants in 2019. I think, he's, I think he can find a way to do it. But if Howie doesn't think he wants to, to throw that money at a running back, then I'm not throwing a second-round pick for Le'Veon Bell. I'm just not. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a heavy price tag for – I mean, the dude is a baller. Uh, but you haven't seen him for, like, the last six weeks. You don't know what kind of shape he's in. And he's cold. That's uh, uh, he, he's, a, he's a cold body right now. I mean, he could get hot, could get warm. Uh, but uh, – that price tag is pretty hefty. I think there's other uh, players that they could look at low tier. Um, you know, it's not the sexy like Jordan Howard, maybe. That's or a sexy name to me. Uh, I'll take it. Jordan or a, Howard. a Duke Johnson out of Cleveland no. who's frustrated. If you if you're looking looking at low low tier, uh, but I, there's there's other positions of need right now. Like DT is a need. Uh, Patrick Peterson is on the uh, on the market. Mm-mm. A guy who's uh, 28. Uh, you know, 27. Uh, no. 27. Wait, Patrick Peterson is 27 years yeah, old? He's in his 30s. Yeah, I, thought he, I, I think I heard this morning he turned 27. I feel like that guy's been in the league since 92. Yeah, I think he's 28, 20 years old? 28 years old? Something like I that. I think he, he came in, what, 2009? Well, the, 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 the price tag on Cooper, according to the Raiders, which, by the way, John Gruden's loss is damn, marbles. damn marbles. Yeah, yeah marbles. marbles. The, thank you, thank you, for, you the, for the word. Public radio. <laughs> <laughs> First round pick for Cooper. No, quick, no, not, no, that, 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 that is absolutely absurd. Buffalo's asking for a two and a three. No, 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 absolutely. Not no, no these sounds like trades that I offer in fantasy football. No, it's ridiculous. <laughs> they work for me. People actually give me this stuff. Listen, long term with Le'Veon Bell I'm, or, 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 or not, you have the opportunity. Oh, you're doing it. I'm doing it. I was really? doing it last week. I'm going to do it again. You have the opportunity to bring one of the top two running backs into the Philadelphia Eagles organization to go on a quest for the repeat. I know he's cold, and usually when running backs or any other player holds out in training camp, that's a soft tissue nightmare. That is an absolute soft tissue nightmare. They pull a hammy, they got a quad injury, something ends up happening where they get in. But 
if you were to tell me back in April that, hey, man, we're going to trade out of the first round, we're going to go back into the second round, get another second-round pick, jump ahead of Dallas to get a tight end that we wanted all along, and by the way, we're going to parlay that second-round pick in the Le'Veon Bell midway through the season, a la uh, Jay Ajayi last year, I, I, I don't understand how you don't. Okay, so uh, let's not act like Le'Veon Bell isn't the best or at least top three running back in the yeah. NFL. So, so um, nobody's going to argue with that. I agree with you. And when you put it in that context where it's really just the pick that you cooped up uh, through trading back with Dallas, okay, fine. I get it, and that makes sense to me. There's a couple things, though. First of all, Ajayi was a fourth-round pick. So you saw you could get a quality running back. You didn't have to give up a second. Yep. But you look at what is – What's Le'Veon's motivation? Or he's already held out because he wants to hold out until he gets that money. He doesn't, want to, he doesn't want to let any one team run him into the ground. So what's his motivation now? Why is he going to come into Philadelphia all of a sudden and be like, ah, but no, nah, you guys are cool. I'll give you everything. You guys can run me in the dirt. Not going to happen. Second of all, even if, the, even if he said, you guys can run me in the dirt, that's not what Doug does. Right, Doug? Even when he got Jay Ajayi, it was, hey, Jay, you are part of a, of a group. You are a running back by committee, and we're going to use true. the hot hand. Is Le'Veon true. is a three-down back and one of the best in football. Let's not act like he is. But that's not the way the Eagles do business, and they've mm. proven that, look, we're going to win a Super Bowl by leveraging running back by committee. So why do they want to give up a, a second-round pick in a league that values draft picks? And especially when you need to protect your quarterback by surrounding him with weapons that are low cost because you got to pay him. So now here I have a second round pick that I'm going to toss out the window for, I get it, an opportunity to win now. And it gives you a much better shot. I just think that the second round pick, you want to start talking third? Okay, now I'm listening. But I think for me, a first or a second right now for Le'Veon to get the second half of the season where I still think he's going to go out and just take the highest bidder. It's just that simple. Mm. Um, I'm personally at least exploring every other option I can first for, I, for, I for my money. I hear you. Gail? Uh, I'm, just, uh, I'm just looking over my notes here. You know, I got, I got Carlos Hyde. You know, I got uh, Duke Johnson. Those are guys that – Carlos Hyde is making too much money. They got, already got Nick Chubb, and they got Duke Johnson as their passing down back, and he's frustrated about uh, – opportunities so i think you look at low tier options right now like i i love to have Le'Veon bell he's on my madden team right now you know because I'm, I'm it's like if that's not gonna happen i'm gonna put him on my madden squad uh but <laughs> at the end of the day that's that's not reality so i i think you know you, you have to you have to think smarter you got to think about this money think about this paper you know <laughs> it's got to go in the right areas i would go I, defensive i would go i i would Go cornerback. I would go safety. I would get maybe a DT or something. Uh, there's other options because I would go low tier guy and then get another defensive player. Now they have 11 picks, and they're not going to use all 11 picks. Yeah, we know yeah, that. Yeah. So if you, uh, so I'm not trying to tell anybody, hey, don't take these assets and go get players that are proven the NFL to help your team now. It's just it's a give and take, right? We all know Le'Veon's a fantastic player, but in the real world, it's not that easy to just part with a second round pick. It's just not. I hear you. I hear you. And you know what? I, I, I tweeted out, I forget whether it was today or yesterday. You know, we're talking about Cooper. We're talking about Le'Veon Bell. We're talking about Shady McCoy. We're talking about Patrick Peterson. Personally, before the trade deadline, if they chucked some of those late-round picks for cool. maybe a couple capable backups on the offensive line, because mm. I got zero confidence in Peters is going to last all season. Not He's going to give you what he's worth. 
and 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 try his best, but I got zero confidence he's going to last all season. Mm-hmm. Lane Johnson's playing banged up. Jason Kelsey's playing banged up. All of a sudden, you got Big V, you got Sayamalo, you got with you. Know, if they could chuck some picks for like a solid, 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 capable, versatile backup. All listen, the offensive line goes down. It, this whole thing goes. You know what? Up. It's what, done. What do you think yeah. Joe Thomas is up to? <laughs> think, you think he wants to win a Super Bowl? No thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hard, hard pass. All right, so we are going to take it around the league with Hollywood Hearn. I'm, I'm still calling you Evan Bubblegum here, but it's Hollywood Hearn now, who, by the way, own T-shirt up at the 4th and John shop. Yes, check it out. Check it out. Maybe the best Twitter question can get themselves a Hollywood Hearn shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it was a, a, a sight for sore eyes um, this past weekend during the uh, Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game. Ryan Shazier was able to walk across the field uh, that he suffered a near-paralyzing injury last season. Um, just uh, t- tell me what you guys thought about that. About uh, him. Obviously, I think it's uh, pretty safe to say at this point that he's not going to make it back in the NFL. Yeah, but what, what, in what capacity do you see him sticking with the Steelers organization? Like a front office guy? or I, I kind of see it like a Harold Carmichael was to the Philadelphia Eagles. Or even a Brian Dawkins was to the Philadelphia Eagles. Former defensive great. Kind of coaching up the guys. Being an ambassador. A lot yeah. of these teams have like ambassador roles for former players. And it was great to see him... You know, walk, walk. I mean, just, just thank God you're walking. That up injury on that field. was horrifying. It was, and it was such a benign hit. It yeah. was really such a benign hit, but had such an unbelievable impact not only on his life, but the way the league's now going about their business mm-hmm. and the rules that were put into place to make the game safer. As much as we hate it, and as much as I complain and, and piss and moan about it. Sometimes you got to look about uh, at that guy walking on the field again and go, "Oh yeah, these are human beings. These are actual people. He was these elite are brothers too. and fathers and people who got to live the rest of their lives." It was good to see him back on the field. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, it's a sad reminder that how dangerous the game of football is, and to see a leader like him of his his defensive squad to see the way he went out. I think it's it's super tough, uh, especially as a competitor as tough as he is. Uh, you know, I'm just happy to see him walk at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, and I can't tell you whether the guy's going to play football again or not. My eyes tell me he's not, but my eyes also told me he was never going to walk again. And I think he proved us all wrong. So Definitely. for me, the if nothing lines. more, and, and, I, and I get it, but I mean, for me, if nothing more, it was just uplifting. And, and yeah. you mentioned it. He, it's it's the human element of the whole thing. I remember back at Penn, my Penn State days when I saw Adam Taliaferro go down. We all said the yeah. same thing. The guy's yeah. never going to walk again. And he's out there doing his thing now. Not only walking, but he's a, he's a success in his community. So I think we, we often we lose track of it sitting from home, the human element of it. And those are guys out there getting paid to play game, quote, unquote. But they're putting their lives on the line. I think that's just a... a a healthy reminder for all of us. So for me, that moment, that tangible moment was just upl- uplifting. Yeah. Man, God uh, bless him. What else? Uh, so uh, can someone explain to me what is going on with the Jacksonville Jaguars? Because like, <laughs> of all teams to let you just stomp you out, you got the Cowboys walking in going 40-7. to seven. Dak, l- let me remind you now, Dak still didn't uh, pass 200 yards, but he, d- he did run for 82 and a score. Um, was do you think that that win was more of a fluke on the Cowboys' part, or do you think it was more of the Jaguars are in free fall right now? I think it's reality that they're bordering. That's just that's yeah. what it is. I mean, that's that's the problem with Blake Bortles. You've got talent on defense, you've got talent on offense, but your quarterback is Blake Bortles, and you're going to have games 
where Blake just doesn't get it done. Yeah. And you hope that doesn't happen in the biggest of spots because at the end of the day, it's just a regular season game. I think it's more about Blake had a bad game. They just had a bad game. And the Cowboys with Conor McGregor just came out with a bit of swag. Okay, and there was their season. That was the Cowboys season uh, last week. So for me, it's just a, it's a, an issue that has been existing in Jacksonville for years, and that's what do we do with the quarterback position. For the life of me, I cannot understand why they signed him this offseason to, I forget the total amount of dollars, but I think Too was, there was something like $25 million guaranteed for they had three no choice, years. E? Three years, 66.5 They had three, million. Million. three years, 66.5. They Extension. had to. Extension. <laughs> and, and but it, but it, they, they, they don't have years. to. He's, no, I mean, he's literally they should have brought that bad. They should have brought competition in, in, in for him. Yeah. He flackoed him. That's what he did. He got him to the AFC Championship, had the, had the Patriots on the ropes. And what are they going to do, walk away from that? I mean, we all know Joe Flacco's a bum, but he won you a Super Bowl. What are you going to do? You got to pay him. Same thing with Bortles. And now, unfortunately, yeah, Jackson you, you, to live you with could, it. You could make the same argument for the Minnesota Vikings, looking at their quarterback last year, knowing they got a good defense, knowing they got offensive weapons, but knowing at the end of the day, the quarterback simply just didn't get it done, and they go out and they get Kirk Cousins. You're they correct. pay whatever they got to get for Kirk Cousins. If the Jacksonville Jaguars were smart, they would have invested that money or some draft picks in a trade to get themselves either a young, talented uh, quarterback in the draft or get themselves a veteran. You know what I mean? get get the, Be a player in that quarterback market because at the end of the day, either you have a quarterback or you don't. Either you're a contender or you're not. I think the trick is he played well last year and he was the third overall pick that they invested yeah. in him. And teams, yep. when they invest a high pick, they don't want to give up on They don't want to be they wrong. They don't want to watch somebody it's not, else. It's not that they don't want to be give up. They just don't want to be wrong. Correct. And especially if you let him go and then he winds up blossoming the way he was under your own roof with some other team. Yeah, do me a favor. Go back and watch his highlight reel or we'll say blooper reel of his performance against the Chiefs. You'll be astounded about how bad he is. No, we won't. <laughs> I mean, just nope, keep, Blake. you could put music to that and then it would be hilarious, even more hilarious. But... I mean Blake Bortles. I, I mean, it's like that's it's terrible. That's yeah. it's terrible. That's what you're seeing, Blake Bortles. That's why they're losing. That's why when people are saying, "Are you worried about the Jaguars?" You know, like yeah, I respect every football team, yeah, but uh, Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. Blake they Bortles. have they have one of the most talented rosters in football. And then you get to the quarterback position, which is just, just all that does is reinforce this notion of the most the most important position in all the sports is quarterback. So I don't care how talented your roster is. If you don't have the quarterback position right, which Jacksonville doesn't, we're going to be having these conversations. It's, we're great against the run. Yeah. So we shut down the run. And guess what else you got? Nothing. Blake Bortles. Yeah, Blake Bortles. It's not that the Jacksonville Jaguars scared me, especially when the Eagles go out to London. It was the fact that they were going out to London. That, that kind of frightened me. That's that's, different. that's old hat for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They know what to expect. Hell, they, someday in the distant future, they might move their butts over there. Who the hell knows? But the Eagles going over there for the first time, any team that goes over there for the first time, there's an adjustment period that goes on. Uh, this thought just popped into my mind as you guys were talking about it, being scared of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Blake Bortles and everything. We've seen time and time again, the Eagles fans absolutely take over stadiums. We've also seen during all of these England games a good diversity of jerseys. Like, it's almost like every NFL fan goes to Wembley, goes to see just American football in London. I am anxious, excited, and very curious to see how much of that crowd 
is going to be Eagles Green out there. And, and UK guy, I know you're listening to this overseas. Yeah, I know buddy. there's England people. It travels it, over the water, you know. It travels over the water. <laughs> the water. The water. The water. The water. It travels over there. I know you guys are going to be representing well. I'm excited to see all those UK fans out there rocking Eagles Green. I guarantee it's going to look like another. Like the Eagles are going to walk out of there in London and just be shocked at the amount of Eagles Green in there. Go ahead. All right, so uh, in the Miami game, there was uh, potential for tragedy. Uh, Kenyon Drake had the opportunity to be a hero in the game. It was overtime, and Kenyon Drake was given the ball on the one-yard line to, get to rush it in to win the game. Ends up fumbling the handoff, and the Bears end up falling on top of it. Dolphins ultimately ended up winning the game, but Kenyon Drake was very emotional f- uh, following putting the ball on the ground and after them winning, and they covered his butt and everything. That got me thinking, what is the biggest bonehead play that comes to your mind when it comes to, like, Philadelphia, the ghosts of Philadelphia Eagles pass? Because the one that comes to my mind is Deshaun Jackson dropping the ball right on the goal line. So you're, mm. saying, you're saying bonehead because the first, the first play that popped in my head was the um, uh, Ronnie Brown. That's the first right? one that so popped. That into just my popped head. into my, and I don't know if it's the most boneheaded, but that for whatever reason just popped into my head. Like I remember, just think, what the hell is this dude? What are you doing? Yeah, that was the first. So yeah. that for me, but the Deshaun Jackson one was, was boneheaded as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, since it's fresh, this is something new. The fourth and fifteen with Corey Graham. Oh, that one hurt. Yeah, just standing there, just Stand fell asleep. There's only three up. receivers. There's six defensive backs. Hey, where are you going? One of them runs by you. <laughs> whatever. No, nah, the, Ronnie, the Ronnie Brown was the first one. Yeah. The Ronnie Brown? Yeah. I'm like rewinding trying to go back to like the mid-90s because I know there were tons of them. <laughs> uh, on the drive home, right. I guarantee I'm going to be like, ah, then there was it. Ah. <laughs> I'm sure people are checking on Twitter. For who well. for what? You, you, know, you know, one of the weirdest things that I've ever seen, and, and, and I'm actually friendly with the guy. We follow each other on Instagram, and I've never had the, the, the courage to kind of ask him. Remember that Colt Anderson play on special teams where he was snapping the ball and there was like three defenders in front of him and he just took the <laughs> snap on, on, on like it was a punt formation? The Colts oh, game? The Colts oh, that, was, yeah, that was only yeah, like yeah. Three, a couple years ago. Yeah, with, my, with my, one offensive my, my lineman. Man, my man Colt Anderson, who I love, who's an incredibly nice guy. Yeah. We still follow each other. We still keep in contact to this day. But I've never had the couillons to ask him, like, bro, what was that all about? <laughs> I might do that. Yeah. I, might, I might have that answer for you next show. So How about this one? How about this one? So it's it's eagle related because wasn't it against the Eagles that Cousins took a knee when he was trying he, he yeah. wanted to spike the ball yeah. and the dude it. took a knee yeah. like whoa bro, and it what was like the doing? end of the half right, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just ran the clock out like okay good call yeah. good call but, but uh, you know what being as we're Giants themed you know coming off that big win another big win why would you kick it to Deshaun? Why would you kick it to Deshaun? The Dodge. Yeah. They told him the not to. Oh, Co- Paul, yeah. Coughlin let him hear it too. They oh, told yeah. him not to. Yeah. 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 I mean, for fantasy purposes, uh, some people who lost their championships would call the Westbrook Neil at the end of the. Um, well, he was ready to score. Yeah. 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 You know how many Cowboys people lost it? fantasy yeah, yeah, championships? Yeah. But that was a smart play. That was the opposite of bonehead. No, that was a great. Right? That, that was a great, smart great play. Yeah. 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 You know who told him that, told him to do that? Right? That was Erock. No, John Runyon. Exactly. Really? John Runyon was screaming at him. Congressman get Runyon? down. Get that. Yeah. John Runyon was screaming at him to get down, and he heard him and Price went down. the game. Wow. Yeah. Take, I'll, look, I'll take a W over a fantasy point. Absolutely. Right? Any day. So this came up a few times during the show already, but um, Conor McGregor, uh, talented fighter, not talented at all when it comes to throwing a uh, when it comes to throwing a football. The NFL <laughs> has seen its share of multi-sport athletes with Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, and now even Jordan Malata coming from rugby. 
But which eagle do you think would be the best fighter in the octagon? Mm, easy. In the octagon. Fletcher Cox. Mm, Come on, man. <laughs> Hit you with the meat hook. <laughs> and then go bail some hey country country strong Fletcher Cox yeah Fletcher Cox I don't, I don't know I don't know how you beat that guy but you would go about it the way you beat every big man that's strong I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you Brock Lesnar's one of, one of his first fights I think it gets Frank Mir what do you do you go you go for the legs mm-hmm. and you go for the ankle lock is he gonna get on top of you is he gonna ground and pound you absolutely you gotta survive that enough to get him into a hole that he doesn't see coming cause a big bear Ain't a big bear with on one leg after he snapped that ankle yeah. or snapped that leg. I don't know who would beat Fletcher Cox. It's because he is country strong. He's You're fast right. too. He's fast. I get it. I get it. Jake Elliott probably has a mean roundhouse. I'm thinking, bro. I'm thinking a guy like like Jason Kelsey for whatever reason because he's a guy that just. You're going to get bludgeoned over and over and over and over it's and like over Tank and Abbott. over. You he know might, what I mean? Tank, Tank Abbott, right? Yeah. He I'm, might bite you. He so might who's the you. Don Fry? If we know who Tank <laughs> Abbott is, who's Don Fry? <laughs> if, if, if the other fighter is a cabana boy, I mean. You got one, Justin? Uh, give me Lane Johnson. That's probably Lane, it's another Lane country Johnson. strong guy. That's another yeah. country strong guy. Right. Ju- uh, Lane Johnson on the juice or Lane Johnson? <laughs> on the juice. Okay. Huh. How about Jimmy Jernigan? Timmy Jernigan would be like a Kimbo slice. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think he just Jason Peters. I'd love to prime. see a hell in the cell between all of the like the. You got a torn tricep right now, but actually, Jason Peters is probably a good a good one if healthy. Yeah, if yeah. Health. maybe not now, but Jason Jason Peters circa three years ago yeah, yeah. probably would be a the good bodyguard, one. right? See, you guys are all picking like big guys. Me, me being of well, little you're stature. Myself, Hill. You want me to give you him? Who, who well, do you no, want? Jake Elliott, man. He's the man. I'm trying to think of along the lines of like a BJ Penn. A, a big guy, guy can get gas quick. Or, 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 or a George St. Pierre, right? A guy okay. who's good at everything. Not the biggest guy, but muscly, like... You know what I mean? Just takes care, real good care of his body. Maybe like a Malcolm Jenkins. That was the first yeah. thought that I had. Like maybe was Malcolm like a Malcolm Jenkins. Jenkins. Yeah. Savvy, understands his role, can do multiple positions, can play linebacker, can play corner, can play safety. Tactical, too. Like a tactical, you know what I mean? Uses his mind, uses his body. I don't know. You give me Malcolm Jenkins in the octagon, I think he can do some damage. Good. You take Malcolm, I'll take Fletcher. I'll take Fletcher. <laughs> I'm going for the legs, baby. Give me that ankle lock. Okay. All right. So, uh, finally... Um, Troy Vincent uh, spoke on behalf of the NFL today, and uh, they were talking. Um, they're talking about implementing um, similar hitting and safety rules with the NCAA. So the NFL and the NCAA, and uh, going forward in coming months and uh, coming years, they're going to be working together in order to um, make the transition for college players easier for the NFL. Just as far as all these new rules that we love so much, all these the body weight rule and whatnot. So um, the effort is going to be so that these rules aren't broken anymore and players know how to play coming out of college. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I couldn't care less. <laughs> it's a farce. The whole thing is just a money grab to me. Honestly, it really is. The whole thing is just we understand we want player safety, and I'm not trying to say that the NFL does not want player safety. I think that they do. I really do, but I think the driving factor of wanting player safety is because so they don't have to pay those checks when mm-hmm. they get these lawsuits down the line. Yeah. I, I get it. I know we all want player safety, and to a man, they, they do care about it, and they are trying certain things. But to me, it's a, to, I, I just I don't buy into the authenticity of it. I really don't. I'm going to go right 
with you. I mean, they, they, I don't buy it either. I mean, as long as you keep seeing Thursday night football when players are not healthy, yeah, midweek they're not healthy. Five days, four uh, days. They re- don't really don't care. If about you cared about player safety, why are you talking about eighteen game seasons? I know, Thursday right? night football, eighteen game seasons. You don't care about player health. You care about that dollar bill. Always. So for me, it's it's too transparent for me to sit here and tell you I care about it. And that's unfortunate because I care about the players. Yeah. I just don't care about the overarching uh, blanket you're trying to put over this whole thing. I see I see where they're coming from. Because really, if the NFL wants this style of play at the pro level, they've got to go down to college football. The farm system. You, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? And teach these kids a little bit younger that these are the rules that are going to be in professional football. Take it a step further. They need to start talking to high school ball and high school coaches. So they start coaching them up on these style of things because it's going to help their student athletes not get injured and sustain long-term injuries. Injuries. With that being said, the NCAA is the most one of the most corrupt organizations, uh, second only to the Olympics. So- well, soccer. Or maybe third to the Olympics, uh, second to soccer and the World FIFA, Cup. Yep. World Cup and all that. I don't want the NCAA anywhere near the NFL because I think eventually it does get to that shady point where it's not truly about play is safety. It's about the almighty dollar bill. And then you have uh, Bosa. That's there you you go. Just recently, uh, he's stepping out. He's like, I'm not playing anymore. He's getting ready for the draft. He's like one of the top uh, draft prospects this year, and it's going to set a nice little trend for the next. Uh, you know, a generation of football players. So this could work backwards for yeah. college football. I mean, they they want forward for forward for players though. Backwards for college football. Yeah. Forward for players. They're making business decisions for themselves. Uh, and you you saw uh, McCaffrey do it the year before. And why, and why wouldn't he? Two years before, you know. If you're telling me that that I'm one of the top draft prospects and he's already locked in theoretically, he's the best edge rusher. We know that, and he's a top three, top five prospect. Potentially, could be the top overall, depending on how the cards fall. Right. And you're telling me that my talent now equals dollars. Well, guess what? The NBA, the NCAA has been profiting off of my talent for dollars for years. Mm-hmm. Why am I going to risk my dollars? For you to profit and get the dollars wrong. And I'm locked in, I'm out. I'm getting ready for the NFL. This is coming off the heels of Earl Thomas getting injured after talking about the exact same thing. And throwing a a, a well-timed and well-deserved bird. Yep, yep. Mm, Agreed. Money is the root of money. Money, 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 money. Money is the root. Money. Evan, you got any more? That's all. That's it? Let's go to uh, Evan's favorite, or I'm sorry. Let's go to Mike. Yeah, you're done. Mike with the Twitter questions. Mike, why don't you go ahead, my friend? All right, so first question is from our brother, Steve for Claire. He says, who has has to be the best player on defense on Sunday to ensure a victory? Nigel Bradham. I think it's Nigel Bradham because it just – for what you saw. If it's not Nigel, I'll just say maybe it could be Jordan Hicks, but I assume it would be Nigel Bradham because you saw what he was able to do last year and how that changed the game. If he can replicate that again, I think it's a W. Uh, I'm going to go with Fletcher Cox. If you saw last year, one of the greatest pictures of uh, Cam Newton getting sacked was Fletcher Cox, like, mauling Cam Newton. I think his interior pressure He's a game wrecker every single game. And when he's on his A game, uh, quarterbacks are running for their lives. I'm going to give you Brandon Graham for a couple reasons. Number one, there is no better defensive end that plays the run in the NFL better than Brandon Graham. But more importantly, when you put him on the inside, you talked about that interior pressure. That's how you disrupt, disrupt Cam Newton. We talked about how the Eagles struggle against mobile quarterbacks, but 
I'm not talking mobile quarterbacks where you go and you rush forward like a Cam Newton, like a Dak Prescott. I'm talking about mobile quarterbacks where they can move side to side. And Alex Smith, or Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? You saw Marcus Mariota take advantage of that against the Tennessee Titans. If the defensive line is able to maintain gap integrity and you're able to put Brandon Graham on the edge and then in the middle and kind of get get pressure up in Cam Newton's face, he's not a side-to-side guy. So you get that in his face with Brandon Graham playing defensive tackle and also playing the run on first or second down on the edge, he's going to be an important player, an important factor in this game. If nothing more, if not to move him inside, which you can, but just stunt. I would expect yeah. to see a lot of stunts to, well, to try here's, and push Here's the him problem out. with the stunt. You get caught in the stunt in the wrong way, Cam's, ten, Cam, well, Cam's good get, for 15 automatically. If you get caught in it, agreed. Yeah. Obviously, like yeah. you said, they, I mean, they're going to have to be disciplined, but I right. would expect to, to try to get him to move a little bit yeah. to try and get him lateral a little bit. But, if, again, if you keep, that, face, if you keep that pocket, if yeah. you push him outside, run him right into a, to a Michael Bennett popping on the outside while, yeah. while Graham is crashing inside, yeah. it'll be interesting. Yeah. Lane and gap integrity is going to be crucial. Our, our defensive line is against our offensive line is a super matchup. It's a mismatch. On paper. Yeah. On paper, as long as we're healthy. All right, so we got uh, another question from uh, Justin from SWP. He says, if you could put one former Eagle who is no longer playing on this current Eagles team, who would it be and why? Brian Brian Dawkins, we need a safety. True safety. Brian Westbrook. Wouldn't mind be West. Jason Peters. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like the old Jason Peters I want the old Man. Jason Peters back me, I do Give me Reggie White in that club Ugh. Imagine Reggie White next to Fletcher Cox Ugh. Jesus Come on That's menacing wow. Yeah, that's, that's, that's scary to think about Oddly enough, also on the Eagles tailgate team trailer That we use at the 4th and yeah. June You know what I mean? You got Doc in the middle, Reggie to one side, Fletcher Cox to the other There you go Good lord I know Imagine that defense Like if that trio <sighs> Good no, golly. I can't. Good, good golly. Good <laughs> golly. What else you got? Uh, another question is from our brother, Big Shirley. He says, do you believe this team is good enough to repeat with its current roster, or is a trade necessary? I think there's just more gelling that needs to happen right now. I don't I don't think that bringing in Le'Veon Bell would be the thing that puts us – I mean, it would help out <laughs> how, amazingly. How would All right, not? stop. Let me stop. How Let me would stop. It not? I'm not saying it wouldn't help us out immensely, but there, there's, there's other factors that, that we need to lay in there. The, the whole part about him not practicing up until this point. The, the dude's been cold, and he's an elite talent. I'm not denying that at all. But just to expect him to just gel instantly with everybody on this team, I mean, I, I have to see it first. I'll, I'll say no. I don't think that they haven't. And it's hard to say that because we just watched it in 2017 where you had a team that was dropping like flies and a backup quarterback. Backups at, at virtually at, at, very important positions go out and win a Super Bowl. So that can happen. But the the realistic guy inside my brain says, okay, well, they caught lightning in a bottle, right? They, they got lucky. It worked out. The, the cards fell in the right way. For me, I just think and, – and it's not like they didn't add players last year. They went out and they made, they made some trades for guys who, who contributed to the team. I just don't think that I can expect that to happen again. They're already starting to get hurt. Even if it's just some offensive line depth, mm-hmm. even if it's just a guy, you know, somebody to contribute on the outside a wide receiver or a running back to share the load, I don't think standing pat is going to be enough. Not with teams like the Rams out there, not with teams because yeah. there are several good teams in the AFC. 
between the Saints and the Rams and the NFC, it's going to be tough sled trying to get through, through those two. Yeah. Do you want to go E? Well, the the only thing I, I I don't know what the right answer is to the Bell situation. There's a there's a lot of good reasons why you would. It's Le'Veon Bell, yeah. all right. And if the second round pick that you got from basically trading back, you just kind of pocket it, uh, gets you Le'Veon Bell, a, a top three runner in the league. Why why would you not do it? Uh, there's a lot of good reasons why you wouldn't do it. He's coming in cold. What's the longevity of that as far as keeping him a Philadelphia Eagle? What do you really expect out of? What does he want? What do you want? I don't want to revisit this conversation in January and say how we should have done this or how we should have done that. I don't know what the answer is. I, I just had this fear that sometime in the divisional round, maybe NFC Championship game, got for the wild card, you know, we're, we're going to be in a situation where we're like, how we should have did something when he had the chance, now we're not repeating. You know what I mean? Like, like a, a move has to be made, should be made, can be made, make it happen. Yeah, I, I think any time you have number eleven under center, you have a chance. Yeah. Uh, you know, they got. I still think they have the players on this team to uh, make a Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl. I think you have to add one other ingredient, maybe whether it's defensively or offensively. But you need a playmaker. Hopefully, they can get healthy. Their health is the biggest, uh, you know, problem with this team. I think if. You get Mike Wallace, a field stretcher back in this offense. That's something that's missing. So, uh, but, you know, I think they can do it. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, you appreciate you tuning in to the 73rd episode of 4th and John. Big shout out to NBC Sports Philadelphia. We will see you in parking lot F1 bright and early. The gate should open up at 630 for the tailgate, of course. It is always open invite. We hope to see you there. Big shout out to Bud Light for supplying the beer for said tailgate. Please visit the 4th and John shop on the Wildfire page, all right? And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Any last thoughts? Oh, rate and subscribe. Give those five yes, stars, five baby. Yes, five stars. We had 69 ratings, by the way. Nice. Nice. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. football we're talking eagles football you're listening to fourth and john wait what the f- is a john anyway we, we said him uh pork roll and my fuse is lit it's gone! we said him uh pork roll poor donkey Hey, tell me how good this feels right now. Yeah. Huh? Tell me how good this feels. Ay, ay, ay. Can somebody please tell me what the f*** is going on?
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.